The Dallas Stars made another move in free agency on Sunday. Gavin Bayreuther is coming back to Dallas. And on today's episode, we'll talk about what that means for him and the organization. Talk about the overall lack of moves to improve the blue line and why we shouldn't panic just yet. And the upcoming competition at Stars training camp for the forwards. All of this and more coming up on today's episode of Locked on Stars. Your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, coming to you on this Monday, July 3rd. And whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener, thank you for stopping by and making Locked On Stars your first listen every single day. Be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube. Follow along on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. We are always free and available no matter where or how you choose to listen. You can find us on social media as well at Locked on Stars on Instagram and Twitter. As long as Twitter is still a somewhat functionable option uh, going forward, might be exploring some new avenues of social media usage somewhere down the road, but we'll see as time goes on. But plenty to discuss today uh, to begin the week after a busy Saturday in free agency that saw the Stars acquire Matt Duchesne, Craig Smith, and Sam Steele from the Minnesota Wild, uh, plenty of free agent moves, and the Dallas Stars dipped their toes back into the water of free agency on Sunday as they, I guess, signed, but also in some ways uh, re-signed or signed for a second time to an NHL contract. Gavin Bayreuther, a defenseman who actually spent the first you know, few years of his, of his, I guess, professional North American hockey career with the Dallas Stars organization starting back in 2016 comes to us this time from the Columbus Blue Jackets organization. The Stars adding some depth to the defensive group. Uh, Gavin Bayer through last year, two goals, 12 assists, 14 points in 51 NHL games played with the Columbus Blue Jackets, averaging around 16 minutes of time on ice per game. And again, like I said, originally uh, was a Dallas star to begin his career, scored his first NHL goal with the organization back in the 18-19 season, an empty netter against the Ottawa Senators, but has since then spent the last three seasons uh, with the Blue Jackets organization, spending some time both at the NHL and AHL level with that club. And this is a pretty, I guess, interesting signing just because for one, uh, it's not a flashy defensive name, but then it's also a guy who is signing a one-way deal, typically with a guy that you would expect to get a ton of AHL minutes. They would get signed to a two-way contract, so that way they could get called up if needed. But that's really what did stand out to me with this signing, is that it is a one-way deal. So he would start out technically as an NHLer, and if the Dallas Stars did want him to play down in Cedar Park, with the Texas Stars, he would need to clear. He would need to be put on waivers and then clear waivers, uh, which we can discuss here in a second. But Bayreuther certainly not a big time point producer, uh, but he has made a pretty decent NHL career for himself. Granted that he was an undrafted player 
before joining the Stars organization back in the day and then kind of grinding his way through the minor leagues, making it to the NHL, and then playing with the Blue Jackets over the past handful of seasons, even though the Blue Jackets have not been a threatening team in the Eastern Conference or in the Metro Division. Uh, still pretty impressive for a guy who was undrafted to stick around as long as he did, and now he's earned himself at least one more year in the NHL with the Dallas Stars. Not a big-time point producer, but certainly can hold his own in a depth defense role. I think the best thing that he has to offer is just a consistent presence somewhere probably on a bottom defensive pairing. Pretty good at carrying the puck, has a decent shot from the point, uh, but really it's just nice to have a guy who does have some NHL games under his belt. Is up there a little bit in age, certainly not the youngest guy you could go out and get, but 29 years old, uh, a, a healthy mix of some NHL experience, some professional hockey experience, but also, also still a little bit of youthfulness where speed hopefully isn't too much of an issue, but he does feel pretty comfortable carrying the puck on his stick, can make some pretty smart passes. So this isn't a guy that you would be too upset to see in the lineup uh, on really any given night, as long as it's not in a top four role, especially on a top pairing. Seems like at best, he would probably be filling out somewhere on that third pairing. And it is weird with that contract being one way. So it would lead you to believe that the plan is for him to play in the NHL unless he is able to clear waivers, which I would venture to guess that he, he probably would if the Stars put him on waivers. But it also wouldn't shock me to see him get some time, probably not all 82 games or even maybe, you know, in the 65 to 70 game range. But it wouldn't shock me just, you know, given how, how easy it is to get burnt out or with how often injuries can pop up. It's nice to have this type of piece added to the organization for not a ton of money. The deal only coming in at $775,000 for one year. And I mean, it's a small addition to the organization, definitely not groundbreaking, but you can never really have too much depth. And I feel like the Stars were somewhat fortunate to not have too many defensive injuries last season where they didn't really have to dig into the defensive prospect core at the AHL level last year, but then they did get to reap the benefits of Thomas Harley uh, in the postseason, and hopefully you're expecting you know Niels Lundqvist to take a bigger step forward this upcoming season, so you probably don't need a guy like Bayreuth every single night, but you really cannot have too much depth on the defensive front in the organization and the Stars, even though he's not a flashy name, he's not going to be an absolute game changer for the team or organization. He's going to be a great guy to have around, the around whether it is in the AHL or NHL. Maybe he ends up being a seventh defenseman. Maybe Joel Hanley is going to get some more time playing on the bottom pairing somewhere, and those guys can alternate. Not necessarily sure what the long-term plan is here, but for not a ton of money, even though now the Stars really in a tight space with cap, uh, $582,171 remaining in cap space. Definitely not a ton to work with, but another short-term contract, not a ton of money, and a guy who probably will see a decent amount of ice time this season, especially if there are injuries or guys need to miss time for whatever reason. Not the biggest name signing, certainly not the flashiest of Sunday, as we now know that Tyler Bertuzzi is going to be playing with the Toronto Maple Leafs next season. But I do like the move for him and the Stars. Hopefully, you know, there's some familiarity for him here in Dallas. I know a lot of his teammates on that team in 2018-2019 aren't around anymore. There are a few guys still around uh, who he, you know, has has met and played with before. 
And but I'm sure he'll have plenty of time to get familiar with everybody and hopefully can benefit from playing alongside some pretty talented guys in Mira Haskinen and then even some veteran players like Essa Lindell and maybe even Ryan Suter to some extent. But even though it feels like this is a fairly underwhelming move, I'm still under the belief that the Stars could make some other moves throughout the offseason to potentially change what the blue line looks like at the start of the season or at least sometime throughout the regular season. And we'll touch on that and what I think could be coming in the next segment. Today's episode of Locked on Stars is brought to you by FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $2,000. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel is an official partner of Major League Baseball. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Stars your first listen of the day for continuing to make us a part of your daily routine. A shout out to all the everydayers out there who continue to tune in to Locked On Stars day in and day out. Just a reminder that there will not be an episode tomorrow with it being the 4th of July here in the United States. So there will be an episode today, no episode tomorrow, and then an episode on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And if you are needing an episode, if you need to get your fill on Tuesday on July 4th, maybe you're driving to the lake, driving to the river, driving somewhere, and you want to get your Dallas Stars fixed, be sure to check out the episode that came out on Sunday recapping all of the big moves in free agency. We talk about Matt Duchesne, Craig Smith, uh, Sam Steele, and also the re-signing of Joel Hanley and everything else that the Dallas Stars did or, you know, and a little bit of speculation there as well of what could be coming next. And I plan to do that today as well. The Dallas Stars have been a pretty active team so far through the early stages of free agency with some very solid moves. The more I think on the Matt Duchesne acquisition, the more I really, really like it, especially given the length of the contract and the amount of money. You have to imagine that Duchesne is going to want to play incredibly well this upcoming season to prove a lot of people wrong because he was bought out in Nashville. I, I imagine there's a ton of frustration and confusion and probably some anger that comes with that and he wants to go out and prove them wrong and prove any other doubters wrong that maybe think that he's starting to be on the decline. We know that just because a player is in their early to mid-30s, they certainly can still produce uh, like Jamie Benn did last season. I expect Matt Duchesne to have a huge impact on the Stars this upcoming season, regardless of what line he plays on and who he plays with. I like that acquisition. I think Craig Smith and Sam Steele both have some potential with the organization as well. However, even with all of these good moves, some people have rightfully so continued to point out that the Stars really haven't done much in order to change the situation on the blue line. In fact, some people could make the argument that the Stars are slightly worse off now that Colin Miller has been traded to the New Jersey Devils in exchange for a fifth-round draft pick in the 2025 NHL draft. Not even this upcoming draft in 2024, but two drafts from now. It uh, feels pretty weird to send off a guy who was playing just about every single night with the team in exchange for really not much in return. You just get rid of his cap hit, and that allowed you to re-sign 
or not really re-sign, but to sign some of these new players. And while we'd, of course, love to see all of the defensive problems fixed right now, I am of the belief that Jim Nill and the rest of the front office are playing the long game with the defensive structure. And I think that there's quite a few different reasons for that. For starters, we, of course, know that they might not be done making moves. Even though the Stars don't really have a ton of cap space left, under $600,000 remaining, they still could make some sort of trade in order to send off a few players in exchange for different ones. I'm not entirely sure who all that would entail. I know Yanni Hockenpah does not have a no-move or no-trade clause built into his contract. He would be a candidate, and I know even some guys with no-trade clauses, no-move clauses, if you're able to get them to consent to being traded to a different team, you could make a move. Maybe, just maybe, erotic Foxa-type player could be on the table. Who knows what else could be in store, but I feel like that's the first angle to look at is that the Stars might not be done. We're only two or three days into free agency at this current moment, and there's still plenty of time between now and the start of training camp for more moves to be made. There's also hope that you will see more production from players like Niels Lundqvist, who was in and out of the lineup last season and was really not playing by the end of the season or in the playoffs, and even Thomas Harley, who didn't play really in the NHL at all last year, but then was called up in order to be a depth piece for the playoffs. And I think that he more than earned his spot on the NHL roster full-time after his performance in those three rounds of playoff hockey. You hope to see more from them both. You mean you really didn't see anything from Harley last year throughout the entirety of the regular season. And Niels Lundqvist would play, and then he'd sit out for a few games, and he'd come in and play some more, and then he'd sit out some more. And then by the end of the season, he wasn't playing. But with the team moving on from Colin Miller, you would expect that that means that they're wanting Niels Lundqvist to make that jump and be a guy that they can put in the lineup every single night. And I, I do think that Jim Nill finally has done some good jobs uh, with these short-term contracts that don't cost a lot of money and don't have a ton of long-term commitment on there. All of these deals have been one-year contracts, so that means the Stars could use any of these players as trade pieces as the trade deadline approaches halfway through the season. And you do have to remember in all of this that even though the Stars struggled defensively in the postseason, that was still one of the things that they did pretty well for the most part in the regular season. They actually were one of the most complete teams in the National Hockey League from opening night until the end of the regular season. They were top 10 in goals scored coming in at 7th, and only two other teams in the NHL allowed less goals than the Dallas Stars. That was the Carolina Hurricanes and the Boston Bruins as the Stars ranked 30th and goals against. Part of that also has to be credited to Jake Ottinger and Scott Wedgwood for having some pretty good goaltending performances throughout the season, but the defense, for the most part, played pretty well. It was really only exposed once they had to match up against a team like the Kraken or even the Vegas Golden Knights that maybe had some stronger defensive players and maybe an overall better defensive structure, but you're not going to be playing those teams every single night. And that's the beauty of the regular season is that you can win in the regular season in different ways. So that's where I think the Stars and Jim Nill are going to be playing the long game in terms of structuring this roster. If the Stars are able to play well during the regular season and find themselves sitting in the top three of the Central Division, if not near the top spot, that is going to attract players at the deadline. That is going to entice players to want to come play in Dallas for the chance of winning a championship. And that can help Jim Nill and the Stars fill any holes on the roster as they prepare for a playoff run. This allows 
you know, the front office and the scouting department to see who's good around the league, who they could potentially make a move for. And then you can weigh your options. And then you look at your team and you have a bunch of expiring contracts and guys on one that are on expiring contracts, but also not worth a ton of money. Sam Steele coming in at $850,000. Craig Smith, only a million dollars. I'm not saying that it's a, a, you know, an absolute guarantee that they're going to trade those players, but you at least have that option. And, and you have the option with some of the defensemen as well. If Yanni Hockenpah does stick around through the start of the season, you have him as a potential trade option. Scott Wedgwood is going into the final year of his deal. Maybe you get to a point where you're comfortable with Jake Ottinger as the starter, and maybe you're ready to call up Matt Murray. I don't necessarily anticipate that happening, but you never you never really know, uh, at, especially at this point in the summer, what the regular season is going to look like. But I think that the Stars don't necessarily have to put go all in and push all their chips in the middle of the table right now. Again, it would be really nice to seemingly have all of our problems solved right now in early July, but that's just not realistic. And I think that the team has time to make corrections. And we have to remember that this is still an incredibly talented roster. This is a great team that was great in the regular season last year. They're returning the majority of the talent that made them great and you know, the majority of the talent that got them to the Western Conference final. And they're going to have plenty of time to evaluate the team and see what needs to be fixed. And now they have some pieces to make some of those changes at the trade deadline if necessary. So there's no need to panic right now and no need to panic if we get to opening night and we feel like there still hasn't been enough done to fix the defensive core. Because at the end of the day, as as you know, many holes as we saw in that core in the postseason, they certainly can hold their own in the regular season, especially if Miro Haskinen is going to be doing what he does. And if you see guys like Harley and Lundquist step up to the plate and deliver some great performances, and then you mix in the veteran presence of your Lindells, Suiters, and Hockenpahs. I know that some of those guys, people will say those are the liabilities right there. But I think each of those guys, while certainly with faults, but what hockey player doesn't have faults, they also do have things that they provide to the team and to the organization. So these are just things that I know I'm having to remind myself of and figured I'd share with you as well, that even though we might feel like there hasn't been a ton done to fix the blue line situation, I think that it's fine to sit back and be patient and wait for the good to come. Third and final segment of today's episode of Locked on Stars as we continue on post-draft uh, post the start of free agency, a lot of the big names have already been signed to their new NHL clubs. We're waiting for a few other guys to get picked up and probably still waiting on a few trades to potentially break through over the coming weeks. But after some of the dust has settled here in Dallas, I personally am still infatuated with the current forward situation on the Stars roster and within the organization. The addition of players like Duchesne, Steele, and Smith makes it feel like we might not immediately see Logan Stankoven or Maverick Bork on this year's NHL roster. As I discussed yesterday, it feels like there's going to not be may, maybe one available spot after you look through the guys that are pretty much guaranteed spots on the roster on opening night. Adding those three new forwards into the mix does spice some things up, and we're still waiting for Ty Delandria to sign his new extension that he's been offered who knows when that's going to happen, but it seems like there might only be one spot available on the opening night roster for a player either like Stan Coven or Maverick Bork or another prospect looking to make it to the NHL. And this may seem odd or concerning, but I think that it could be a good thing for a couple of different reasons. With all of these new faces coming into the mix and uh, you know looking to establish themselves as great players on the team, 
mixed in with the already established great players in the organization that is going to breed a culture of competition come training camp time to see who is going to get those coveted spots, those limited spots on the opening night lineup. And I think that that's going to be a great thing. I think, you know, Matt Duchesne, it's it's a given that he's probably going to be there and probably even Craig Smith to some extent with his years and years of veteran experience. But even a guy like Sam Steele, 25 years old, I know he's been in the NHL for quite some time now, and you think that he'd be ready to move past a you know the AHL and be on an NHL roster. If there's guys at training camp that outperform him, outperform him and outbattle him, it wouldn't shock me uh, to maybe see him start the year in Cedar Park. And then, you know, you give those, one of those roster spots to one of these younger players like Bork or Stankoven. And it's a, a great problem to have when you have so many talented players that you only have limited spots for them. It helps add to the depth of the organization. Some of those guys will probably have to spend some time in Cedar Park with the Texas Stars whether they like it or not, but then they, you know, we know that we have these NHL capable players sitting in the wings ready to go in case, heaven forbid, that there's major injuries or if guys have to miss time for whatever reason, you can call up these players in a pinch and add them to the lineup and not worry too much about missing key players or, you know, having too many liabilities or holes in your roster. So I'm really excited once training camp does come around here in a few months to see how these players compete and to see who actually gets a chance to crack some of these limited roster spots that are going to be up for grabs, because there's not going to be a ton, uh, especially you know if you look at Cap Friendly and see where a ton of the money is going and seeing who's all out there. Uh, a lot of these spots seem like it's a given that they're already going to be handed out, and you're not really going to be waiting on too many holdouts. Uh, I don't think Ty Delandria is going to wait super long to sign his contract where we're waiting till training camp like Jason Robertson last year. So, I mean, it's going to be pretty clear pretty early on, I think, who we're going to see get serious NHL minutes. And that's going to make these preseason games even more fun to watch as guys are, you know, you're limited on the amount of games that you get to play and the amount of shifts that you get in the preseason because they're trying to get everyone looks that they can. It's going to make those battles at training camp and at all of these practices even more entertaining and interesting to follow. And then we'll know by the time opening night rolls around, we'll get to look at that starting lineup and look at the roster and, and know that we're getting the absolute best players that we could be getting based on what the coaching staff saw throughout training camp and throughout the preseason games. But those are just a few of my thoughts as we're now a couple of days into free agency in the NHL. Maybe we'll see some more moves coming this week from Jim Nill and the Stars front office. But let me know if you're watching on YouTube in the comment section down below how you're feeling about the current state of the team after the moves that have been made. But I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of Locked on Stars. Remember to subscribe to the show, follow along on your favorite podcasting platform of choice or on YouTube, always free and available no matter where or how you choose to listen. Remember, there is no episode tomorrow, but we will be back here on Wednesday. I hope you guys enjoy your 4th of July with friends, family, eat some good food, have a great time, stay safe out there, and we'll miss you tomorrow, but then we will see you back here on Wednesday. <laughs>